This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The NFL Draft is now just days away, and here at Saturday to Sunday, we are ready for full wire-to-wire coverage, live tweets, every single pick of the NFL Draft. I'm getting privileged once again to join the first hour of the Football Guys live draft party. I will be joining Sig Bloom and Matt Wallman for that first hour, probably the first top seven or eight picks, so... Hopefully excited about what the Giants do there with a couple of those picks at five and seven Uh, podcast recapping each day of the NFL draft. We'll be waiting for you by the following morning when you wake up Uh, after that dynasty rookie ranking show mock draft dynasty show so much here at Saturday to Sunday, but we are in the home stretch and now the final two podcasts before the NFL draft occurs is one sharing my final rankings and tiers. And then the last episode will be my draft projections discussion, which makes up the draft projections notebook. Uh, And I will share what I am thinking for the early part of the NFL draft. Obviously, if you want the entire draft projections, you got to purchase the premium content over at Saturday, Sunday for nine 99. I will keep that being updated literally until minutes before the NFL draft kicks off Thursday night at 8 o'clock. So anything that I hear that day, that morning, that afternoon, early evening, I will make adjustments so you have the most up-to-date information ready for you for NFL draft weekend. If you have purchased the premium notebooks and you don't have the draft projections notebook up during the NFL draft, you're just doing it wrong. I guarantee you, you will find it helpful. I will highlight things as players are being picked. So you could quickly see who's came off the board, who's still there and quickly, you know, see who the best players are available at every position and on the overall big boards. So let's get right into final rankings, my personal ranking. So this has nothing to do with how I expected to go off the board, what I'm hearing. This is just my own film evaluation rankings for the NFL draft. Let's start with the quarterback position. There has been almost no movement here. I'm not going to go through the tiers and what makes up our tiers again. You can go back and listen to the tier buster quarterback show. But for me, as I said, I didn't expect there to be much change. My tier one and my top three quarterbacks in this draft are Malik Willis out of Liberty, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I have not changed that since, you know, Right around before the combine, I made the switch with Willis over Corral. As much as I like Corral, the ceiling of Willis is just too great to not have him there at the top. I think all three of those guys should go round one. I think Willis and Pickett will. We'll see about Corral. A lot of late buzz on him. Willis is the guy who I I could see the ceiling making it worth the investment. So those are my top three quarterbacks. My tier two, my fourth overall rated quarterback is Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati followed by Sam Howell out of UNC. I think those guys were probably thinking late round one, early round two for those guys. I think both of those guys could potentially become functional starters in the right scheme, in the right offense. To me, after that, Carson Strong is my only guy in tier three. 
I think he's the guy maybe early date, but he'll come off the board. And then for me, the rest of my quarterbacks are in my final tier. At number seven, I have Jack Cohn out of Notre Dame. Number eight, I have Caleb Ellaby out of Western Michigan. Number nine, I have Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. Number 10, I have Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State. Number 11, I have Cole Kelly out of Southeastern Louisiana. Number 12, I have EJ Perry out of Brown. Number 13, I have De'Eric King out of Miami, who I think is going to be ticketed for a positional change. 14, I have Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. And I will stop at 15, Dustin Crum out of Kent State. So those are my quarterback rankings and tiers. If we transition this over to the running backs, okay? Not a lot of movement right at the top, but a lot of movement in that second, third tier, which I kind of talked about in the original ranking show at the running backs. And when I did the post-draft rankings, uh, I mean, post-combine ranking show and stock report, I knew there was going to be a lot of movement here because I wanted to go back and watch more film on these guys and wait for some pro day numbers to come out. So my tier one is just made up of two guys, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. I think both of these guys are foundational running backs, lead a committee, potential three-down guy in Brees Hall. We'll see about Kenneth Walker and his pass catching ability. So Brees Hall is my RB1, Kenneth Walker is my RB2. My tier two is made up of two other running backs. These are guys who I think are going to be really impactful players at the next level in their roles that they're asked. For me, my third running back in this class is James Cook out of Georgia. My fourth running back is Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Those are the only two guys that I'd be comfortable taking on day two after Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. My next tier is a large tier, and I think these are guys that can come off the board late round three, or my grade on them would be late round three, through round four. And it is a big list here of guys that I think could be part of a committee at the next level part of a two-man committee in some capacity. I start my list with, at number five. My RB is Rashad White out of Arizona State. I love the pass-catching ability of Rashad White. I see some Antonio Gibson to his game. A little bit of an upright runner, but he's got decent size. I like the, the explosion, the burst. I think he's got some change of direction and agility to make people miss in the open field. But this is a guy who can line up in the slot. You can line him up out wide. You can ask him to run real wide receiver routes out of the backfield. I just think he's an offensive weapon and playmaker that I love those kind of guys. There's a reason why I have James Cook at number three. There's a reason why I have Rashad White at number five. Next up in this tier, my number six overall running back is Brian Robinson out of Alabama, followed by Zamir White out of Georgia. He's my number seven running back. Robinson, Zamir White, to me, are those guys early down runners between the tackles. They have a little bit of wiggle in space. I like their footwork for bigger guys. They can get to the outside from time to time, but these are strong, physical runners. Tamir White's got a little bit more speed. Brian Robinson's got definitely more physicality, toughness, tackle-breaking ability. So those are next up on my list right there. Followed by that, next up, my number eight running back is Tyler Batty out of Missouri, another guy who could be an offensive weapon. He showed this year he could handle a heavier workload as a true running back. I still think he's more of a change of pace, space running back than a guy in between the tackles, but I love the receiving capabilities. I think Tyler Beatty could be a guy like Chase Emmons with more explosion and burst. Number nine is Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State. This is a late riser, nailed the pre-draft process, 
Great production at South Dakota State. This is a guy who's rising up the boards. I really like him. I think he could be around three or round four pick and immediately be part of a committee and be an impactful player right off the bat. My 10th running back is Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. I love the the burst for a bigger back. He's one of the few bigger backs who I really think has legit burst and explosion when he gets to the second level. <clears throat> Number 11 is Damian Pierce out of Florida. Tough, physical, bruising, interior running back, inside runner. Wasn't asked to carry a heavy workload at Florida, so not a lot of tread on the tires, but a guy who could really be a punishing back at the next level. Part of a two-man committee with a more change-of-pace, pass-catching type guy. Kevin Harris right after him at number 12 out of South Carolina. Another tough, physical runner. He's been a little bit out of sight, out of mind. But I think the NFL is going to like his game as a guy who could be an early-down runner. I think Chris Carson style of player. I think that's kind of who Kevin Harris is. So that makes up the end of my Tier 3. Now Tier 4 are guys that I think are probably going to be like Round 5 guys. But there's a lot of guys on this list that I think could really carve out a role at the next level. It starts with my number 13th ranked running back, and that is Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, followed by 14, Jerry Ely out of Ole Miss. Both of these guys, I think their roles at the next level are going to be more of the pass-catching type players. I think Jerry Ely's got more explosion and burst. He, he got his athletic testing numbers down at the pro day compared to the combine. I still think Jerry Neely is just a natural out athlete with really good play speed. So I think he's going to be more of a space player, pass catcher. Kyron Williams, I think, with the poor testing numbers, is going to be a guy that's going to transition to more of like a James White right role. I don't think you're going to see too much running. You'll see stuff like draws and stuff, you know, out of the spread. But I think Kyron Williams could still have a very productive NFL career based on just how productive he is as a receiver. He's the arguably the best pass protector in this class or right there at the top. So I think that's going to get him on the field in third downs, pass protection, the pass catching ability. He's going to still make a name for himself. He might fall a little bit further in the draft because of the poor testing numbers, but I still have him at 13 followed by Jerry and Ely at 14. Next in this tier, a whole bunch of other guys. I'll run them all down and talk about a couple of them. At 15 is Abram Smith out of Baylor. 16 is Ty Davis Price out of LSU. 17 is Tyler Algier out of BYU. Let me talk about those three as a trio because I think they're all very similar. Abraham Smith, Ty Davis Price, Tyler Algier. These guys are going to be two down, inside, tough physical runners, pick up yards, inside, short yardage, goal line guys. Tyler Algier, like his footwork, he can do some outside zone stuff. But I, but I think Smith and Davis Price profile better at the NFL level as guys who more toughness and physicality could carve out a role at that in terms of the, the National Football League. And I think they have a little bit more burst than I think Tyler Algier. I think Algier, maybe it seemed that college like he had a little bit more burst, but I think Abram Smith and Ty Davis-Price, I like them a little bit more, but I think they're all similar. I, I don't think there's any clear cut you know, between those three guys, I ranked it Smith, Davis, Price, Algier, but I think they're all guys who could be a part of a committee backfield carrying the early down work at times, the tough yards, the inside yards, the short yards, and goal line yards. Next up after that, making up the rest of this tier, it goes deep, is Ty Chandler out of UNC, the former Tennessee transfer. I really like his game. He was a Shrine game uh, performer and looked really good down there. I like his total package. I like his pass catching ability. I think he can run inside. I think he can run outside. I think he's a little bit of a sleeper running back in this class. 
at 19, Kennedy Brooks out of Oklahoma. A guy that he doesn't have one trait that really stands out, but he's a tough runner. He's a smart runner. He's got really good vision. People that I really trust in this industry, I've had Matt Waldman. I've had Wes Huber come on and say they really, really like Kennedy Brooks in terms of his rush instincts, the vision, the patience that he has. So we'll see if an NFL team, I think he probably is ticketed for late day three, but he's got a guy who just kept holding off people in Oklahoma and continued to just carve out a big role there because of how productive he was. I think if he gets an opportunity, he could be productive at the next level as well. At 20, Keontae Ingram out of USC. You know, the former Texas transfer, another guy. I like some, He's got some pass catching ability. He can run some inside. He can run some outside. I think Keontae Ingram and Ty Chandler are two guys. I thought we're going to be much higher on these ranks a year ago when they made their transfer decisions. Didn't really materialize, but I still like their games and think they're functional guys that could have a role at the next level and be fifth, sixth round picks in the NFL draft. Uh, rounding out this tier is Devontae Price out of FIU, the small school runner, tough physical runner. Snoop Connor out of Ole Miss, another tough interior runner. And then Hassan Haskins and Quan White. Hassan Haskins out of Michigan, Quan White out of South Carolina. I think those guys all are draftable prospects. I think they also kind of fit the mindset of tough interior runner. I think every team could basically draft somebody who could be a guy that could be a functional back if need be on their depth chart that can run all their inside run stuff, can do short yardage, can do goal line. There's so many of these those type of runners from Brian Robinson to Zamir White to Damian Pierce, Kevin Harris, Abram Smith, Ty Davis Price, Tyler Algier, Kennedy Brooks, Snoop Connor, Hassan Haskins, Quan White, so many guys. And then my 25th running back, Zonovan Knight out of NC State, really good pass catching running back. You know, saw his stock really depreciate this year, but I still think he's an intriguing player, could come off the board late or be a priority free agent. Some other guys that I like in this tier, Tristan Ebner out of Baylor is my 26th running back. Uh, Isaiah uh, Pecchio out of Rutgers, or Pacheo, sorry, out of Rutgers, are make up the rest of that tier. Ebner is a really good special teams player. Pacheo, another guy who can do pretty much everything, can pass protect, can catch the ball, can run inside, can run outside. Nice player that in a normal year, guys, I think some of these guys would be locks to be drafted, but I think it's a really deep running back class. We don't have that round one guy, but we got right there 27 names that I think could easily be drafted in this draft. And then that's not even counting my last year, which it would be guys that I think could be seventh round picks or priority free agents. Jalen Warren out of Oklahoma State, Sincere McCormick out of UTSA, Raheem Blackshear out of Virginia Tech, Master T out of Ohio State, Jay Sean Corbin out of Florida State, Malik Davis out of Florida, CJ Verdell out of Oregon, Max Borgi out of Washington State, a couple other names down there as well. I don't got to rattle them all off because we're, we're, they're probably penciled for priority free agent status. So really deep running back class. Only two guys that I think are guaranteed lock starters in Kent Walker and Brees Hall, but so many guys that are going to play significant roles at the next level, whether they're the pass catchers slash space players with more natural upside, a guy like James Cook or all those other pass catchers I talked about, or so many guys who can be tough, physical, dependable, early down, short yardage and goal line runners up and down this draft. You know, you can make the case that almost every team should come away with a running back in this draft. And I think, I think you're going to see about 25 come off the board because I think teams are going to realize the value of these late round running backs who could eventually become solid backups where they don't have to pay any money to these guys on their rookie contract. And they don't have to waste money in free agency because these guys are functional players and they're just filtered up and down in this draft.
Next up, if we go to the running backs, my tier one consists of six names. They are my six names that I think should go round one in this NFL draft. Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks have been locked into the one, two spots. I made a slight change and I didn't want to, I was, I realized I was hurting Jamison Williams a little bit too much because of the injury. And at this point, I really shouldn't be basing it off the injury. So Garrett Wilson is one. Traylon Burks is two. Jamison Williams and the explosion is three. Chris Olave is four. Drake London, which is probably the biggest difference compared to the consensus. I have it five. And then the speedster, Jahan Dotson at six. So we've talked about these guys at length. Talked about why Williams is now up there, not taking into account the injury, the explosion that he has. Really good route runner. Chris Olave, you know my thoughts on him. Part Will Fuller, part Terry McLaurin. Really like his game, smoothness and fluidity. I've shared my Drake London concerns. I like him. I don't love him. I think he could end up being a really dominant big slot. But I think some people are maybe pigeonholing him as a true outside X receiver. And I'm not sure that's Drake London's game. I'm not sure... There's a lot on evident on film that that's where he was most successful at USC. And then Jahad Dotson, I just think is a faster, more athletic version and better hands catcher than a guy like Deontay Johnson, who we've seen the impact he's had at the NFL level. You know, if we went back and did that draft again, there's no way Deontay Johnson is a third round pick. He's going much higher. I think that Jahan Dotson deserves to go round one. I think Green Bay or KC, KC in particular, would be really foolish to pass on him with one of their two picks they have there late in round one. My tier two is long. These are guys who I think should be day two picks. Some of them will not be day two picks, and I'll kind of talk about who those guys are, but these are guys that I'd be comfortable taking on day two. Uh, number seven wide receiver for me is Wendell Robinson out of Kentucky. I think he's got maybe the best movement skills of any player in this entire draft class. To me, he's the closest thing to Darius Tony in this draft class. The yak ability, the ability to be an offensive playmaker, an offensive weapon, do so much. I think Wendell Robinson is that guy in this draft class. I don't think he's going to go on day two. All the tea leaves that are out there, I think he's more of a round four, round five pick now. But I think Wendell Robinson is an explosive player. He's going to get in the right offense with the right scheme, with the right offensive coordinator and the right quarterback. And I think he's going to be an electric playmaker at the next level. Number eight for me is George Pickens. I've been on record as saying no injury concerns. You know, there's, you know, again, talking to uh, Brandon Jones off air. He mentioned some of the the issues that George Pickens had at Georgia with the water bottle, spraying it on somebody from the opposing team, the fight where he hit the guy. You know, so there just seems to be some maturity issues as well that I was unaware of. There's some rumors that he interviewed poorly, but never. I still think it comes down to the injury factor and the lack of production that we saw. But on film, that the film that he does have, I think he's the best true vertical X receiver in this draft class at the X position. He's my eighth wide receiver. I really like him. John Mechie, I think people are sleeping on him. I've heard, I don't remember who said it, but John Mechie, I think it might have been the guys at uh, the Eagle and the Ice Guy podcast. Uh, great podcast, you know, with all those guys. I think somebody on that podcast mentioned that John Mechie is like a Robert Woods clone. And I think that's the perfect comparison. There's nothing about John Mechie that's flashy. He's not a burner. He's not great size. He doesn't have great length. But everything is smooth. Everything is good. He's a, he's a good route runner. He's got good hands. He's, he's good after the catch. Good releases. Good footwork. Everything about John Mechie I think, is being slept on because of the injury. He's my ninth-rated wide receiver. Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Tested out even better athletically than people thought. 
He's a guy that's just flying up draft boards. I think he's probably going to go ahead of guys, easily go ahead of guys like Wendell Robinson and John Metchie. I think he could go ahead of George Pickens as well. Really impressive player. Sky Moore is at my number 10. And number 11 and 12 is David Bell and Justin Ross. These are two guys that I'm telling you right now, as much as I like them, as much as some of draft Twitter likes them, as much as they've been in the limelight on draft Twitter for a long time in the Debbie world, these guys aren't going on the first two right, first two nights in the NFL draft. I think Justin Ross could fall around five, round six, or even out of the draft uh, with concerns about his neck and the injuries and the poor testing numbers. And David Bell, as good as the production he has, I talked about this back in August, that I was worried that the NFL might view him the same way they viewed Calvin Harmon. And I think that's kind of materializing. If you read the tea leaves that are out there, you're not seeing David Bell in too many people's you know, top 100s. I think David Bell is probably a guy who's going to go somewhere around four or maybe even round five, similar to you know, when Calvin Harmon fell out of the first two nights of the NFL draft as well because there are some concerns about his ability to separate and his athleticism. You know, David Bell, like Calvin Harmon, wins at the catch point, and he's really impressive doing it at Purdue. And I think David Bell's a little bit more athletic than Calvin Harmon, but this is somebody that had Calvin Harmon as a top five wide receiver. I love them. And I like David Bell a lot, but I kind of saw this writing on the wall a while ago that the NFL was just going to view him a little bit differently. And I think it makes sense now why he didn't come out last year when people thought maybe he was going to come out last year and, and he didn't. I think that I think that's part of part of what's going on right here uh, with David Bell. Next up. Uh, at number 13 and 14, two small school prospects, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, Jalen Tobert out of South Alabama. Christian Watson, the size, speed, freak, some drop concerns on his film, raw, a lot of development needed, but you can't teach that size and under four three speed. He's a guy with massive upside, obviously some refinement and development needed. Jalen Tobert out of South Alabama, not as... Uh, unrefined as Christian Watson, really good ball skills and body control. He doesn't have the speed as Christian Watson, so I think Watson's going to go ahead of him. But Tolbert, a little bit more refined, a little bit better route runner, better hands, better natural ball skills and ability to win the catch point. But Watson has that speed, and that's the X factor there. At 15, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State, really good route runner, can do a lot of different things with Shakir. Like his game, I think he'll go late round three or sneak into the early portion of day three in round four. Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis. He's my 16th wide receiver, speed and explosion. But I think he shows a lot of toughness for a guy his size. He's willing, he's willing to go up and get it at the catch point. He's willing to go over the middle of the field, but he's got that vertical speed. But it's not the only thing he can do. He can run routes as well. Really like Calvin Austin, the third explosive playmaker. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati is my 17th wide receiver. Uh, athletic freak, can win at the catch point, can get vertical, uh, can high point the ball with his athleticism. He's at 17. 18 and 19 are two risers in the process for me and most of the, the draft Twitter community. Danny Gray out of SMU, Tyquan Dorton out of Baylor. Would not be surprised if both of these guys sneak into the back end of round three. I, I just put out a tweet a little while before hit the record button on this pod. I think, I think it would have been unimaginable not that long ago to say Danny Gray and Tyquan Dorton were going to go ahead of David Bell and Justin Ross. And now I think it's a formality that they do, uh, I would have said Wendell Robinson was going to go ahead of them, but I think Danny Gray and Tyquan Thornton, because they got more size and, and mass to their, you know, not more mass, especially Tyquan Thornton, they got more size to their their frame and more maybe a natural receiver than a guy like Wendell Robinson, who might be more of a manufactured player 
Uh, I think they're going to go ahead of Wendell Robinson, even though I, I prefer Wendell Robinson because I just think he's so explosive and he is going to translate the next level. But Gray and Thornton are my 18th and 19. Baylor Jones Jr. at Tennessee, another guy who could be an offensive playmaker, do a lot of different things with him out of the slot, jet sweeps, motion, uh, all that stuff. Right after that, Bo Melton out of Rutgers, another version of Baylor Jones. Could do a lot of different things, line him up in the backfield, line him up in the slot, manufacture touches. I like Bo Melton a lot at 21. Uh, next guys up on my rankings is Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. Didn't test out as well athletically, but I really like the ball skills at the catch point. The body control, the ability to adjust, the ability to high point, uses in toughness and physicality uh, to create space there. Uh, and then rounding out this, I kind of went through here, my tier two, and then went out. My tier two stopped with Calvin Austin and then started with Alec Pearson, Denny Gray, and Tyquan Thornton. But my tier three rounds out with Makai Polk and Kyle Phillips. Polk out of Mississippi State, Kyle Phillips out of UCLA. They are my 23rd and 24th ranked wide receivers. Makai Polk, good size, thin frame, uh, good ball skills, really great production, better route runner than I think people give him credit for coming out of that air raid offense. Uh, Kyle Phillips, vertical slot player, could do different things with him, but I think he finds a way to get open. I really like his game out of UCLA. So that kind of concludes my tier three. Uh, I'll kind of just rattle off my tier four and then some of the guys at the top of my tier five in my tier in my tier four at this point. Now we're at number 25 in my wide receiver rankings, Reggie Roberson out of SMU, a guy who I liked a lot last summer, didn't have as good of a year this year, borderline whether he's going to sneak in the draft or not, but he's at 25. Kevin Austin Jr. at 26 at Notre Dame. He's probably going to go a lot higher in the NFL draft than some of these guys. Uh, Tested really well at the Combine. Isaiah Weston out of Northern Iowa is my 27th wide receiver. Eric Azunama out of Texas Tech is 28. Josh Johnson, 29 out of Tulsa. Trey Turner, 30 out of Virginia Tech. Ontario Drummond, 31 out of Ole Miss. Jalen Millar out of Michigan State at 32. Montreal Washington out of Samford is 33. Another small school player at 34. Derek Young out of Lenore Ryan. Samori Torre out of Nebraska at 35. That makes up my tier four. Those guys, I think, are all draftable prospects. And then some late round slash UDFA guys that make up the top of my tier five. Charleston Rambo out of Miami. Braylon Sanders out of Ole Miss. Tanner Connor out of Idaho. Ty Freifogel out of Indiana. Devon Williams out of Oregon. So that makes up my top 40 or so at the wide receiver position. Let's round out the night with talking about my tight end rankings. I've got a record of saying I don't have a tier one tight end. Tier one tight ends is the guy who I think should go round one. I do not think there's anybody here who should go round one. So for me, tier two starts off with my number one ranked tight end, which is Jeremy Rockard out of Ohio State, followed by Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, followed by Trey McBride out of Colorado State, Charlie Kolar out of Iowa State, Kate Auden out of Washington, Jelani Woods out of Virginia. All six of those guys, I think, should go somewhere between late round two and early round four. I expect a lot of them to go off the board on night two. My tier two, my tier three, sorry. My tier three starts with my seventh ranked tight end, and that is Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Many people thought he was going to be a top tier tight end in this class because they thought he was an athletic pass-catching tight end, but he's just not a good athlete. 
you know, what we saw on film didn't match up with his testing. And that's a big concern for a guy coming from a small school like Isaiah Likely. Uh, my number eight tight end is Chig Okonkwo out of Maryland. He's going to be much more of a move tight end or an H-back role, but I like his game. Grant Calcaterra out of SMU. Once upon a time, I thought he was the next Dallas Clark. Really like Grant Calcaterra's game. The ability to attack the seam, get vertical. We'll see if he sneaks in late day three or as a priority free agent. My 10th tight end on the board is Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Doesn't have a great trait, but I think he's pretty solid across the board. He's a good blocker. He's a good route runner. He's good at the catch point, like his game. Daniel Bellinger is my 11 tight end out of San Diego State. Great uh, blocking tight end, but showed a lot more athleticism in the pre-draft process. I think he's probably going to go higher than a lot of these guys I just mentioned over the last couple of picks here, likely Oconquo, Calcaterra. Bellinger might go higher than all of them because there's some untapped upside and athleticism there on top of his strong blocking capabilities. And then the tier rounds out with Cole Turner out of Nevada. He's my 12th tight end. James Mitchell out of Virginia Tech. My next tier consists of my 14th ranked tight end, which is Jalen Wedemeyer out of Texas A&M. I mean, man, has he fallen. This was a guy who many people thought could be a the first or second tight end taken. He's 14th on my list. I'm not even sure he gets drafted. Maybe sneaks in round seven or as a priority free agent. 15, Austin Allen out of Nebraska. Good size, got some untapped athletic upside and pass catching ability. 15, Tegan Quintetiero out of Oregon State. Another guy, intriguing background, basketball background, ability to high point the ball, good ball skills. I like him a little bit too. And then Chase Allen out of Iowa State. Armani Rogers out of Ohio. Brent Keith out of Utah. Peyton Hendershot out of Indiana. Connor Hayward out of Michigan State is now my 20th, followed by Garrett Prince out of UAB at 21. Derek Deese Jr. out of San Jose State, 22. John Fitzpatrick out of Georgia is 23, but he's going to go way higher than this list. He's a great pass uh, blocking tight end and a great run blocker. So he's going to go way, way higher than this. Uh, you know, I made these rankings mostly on what I think they could be in terms of pass catchers. Jeremiah Hall, 24th out of Oklahoma. Curtis Hodge, 25th out of Arizona State. Will Mallory, 26th out of Miami. So there it is, guys. Final rankings, final tiers. If you've been following me this whole year, I've talked about these guys at length. You're going to hear me talk about them more when they get drafted, sharing my quick thoughts on how they win as a player, maybe the fit with the new team they're on, opportunity, depth chart. But I wanted to share my final rankings, put them out there, if you get the rankings notebook, you will see these rankings fully done out, color-coded, overall big boards, the rankings, the tiered rankings, right after the draft. It will be my Dynasty Rookie rankings when I bring the fantasy mix into it as well. Those rankings will look very different than my personal film rankings. And I think that's so important to really talk about. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you're enjoying the recent tweets, my, you know, me being on the Harris Football Podcast, you know, be, me being on the Fantasy Pros podcast a couple about a month or so back, please get over to the website. SSFootball.com is the easiest and fastest way to get there. Check out our premium content tab. For $9.99, you get access to all of these notebooks. We need more support. We need more of our regular weekly listeners to check out the notebooks, guys. We put everything back into the podcast, the, the subscriptions we need, the server fees, the hosting fees, the website fees, 
we need more people to hopefully check it out. Uh, we don't want to go beyond the paywall. We want to continue to do what we do here, but we hope that more people consider purchasing it. For $9.99, you get a lot of information that I think you'll find very valuable in your leagues. And if you're a longtime listener of the podcast and you've purchased it before, we hope you consider purchasing again as well. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.